Now it's time for the first episode of our three-part radio drama, A Handful of Women. A Handful of Women follows the journey of Great Grand Peg and her box of memories as she takes Katie, her great-granddaughter, back to her life as it was over 100 years ago. We are drawn into the world of young Peggy as she embarks on a thrilling journey of discovery through the campaign for women's suffrage in Ireland. This drama for RTE Junior was written and produced by Anne Dalton, directed by Judy Chalmers, edited by Rupert McCarthy Morrow, with John Lynch on sound, funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. Stay tuned for episode one of this three-part radio drama, A Handful of Women. Pakistan's famed education campaigner, Malala Yousafzai, is back this morning in the town where she grew up. She made an emotional return with her family to her hometown in Pakistan for the first time in six years since she was shot by a Taliban militant. When she was just 15, the masked gunman got on board her school bus and she was shot. She was accompanied by the Pakistan military in a helicopter. She went back to her old home, her old school, met with classmates she hadn't seen since that day she was shot, saw relatives she hadn't seen in all of those six years. They described her as a candle that had burned this light of education for so many women in Pakistan. Malala talked about the joy of being back home, said that she had always dreamed she would return and that today she was so happy. She also reflected on the fear of living as an activist and a girl in that part of the country, how dangerous it was. Malala said that she would like to complete her education in the UK and move back to Pakistan sometime in the future. What's that you're watching, Katie? Another one of those videos where they do a crazy food challenge? No, Great Gran. This is a serious video. I'm looking at it for the school project. Sounds interesting. Mind if old Great Gran sits with you and you can tell me a little about it. You know how curious I am? Well, Great Gran, we need to do our project about a woman or a girl who has taken some action to improve women's rights. So, I've decided to do mine on Malala. You know, the girl who was shot by the Taliban because she went to school when they thought that girl shouldn't be educated. I do indeed. She was so brave. And then when she finally recovered, she kept campaigning for education for girls. That video showed her going back for a visit to her home village in Pakistan for the first time. After so many years, she looked so happy, she must have really missed it. Can you ever imagine that happening in Ireland? Doing what Malala had to do. I mean, just to get your basic rights, great-gran. Do you know, I remember a time when women had to put up a strong fight to gain some bit of equality. I'm talking here in Ireland. Really? Oh, yes. When I was just a child, Katie, women and girls didn't have the freedom there is now. Suffragists. They were the ones in my day who fought to get a better life for women. 
That's who we're learning about in school, Great Gran. They were brave, that's for sure. Some of them even went to prison and on hunger strike. I can't imagine ever doing that. You know, believing so strongly that something needed to change and be willing to go to prison for it, or worse, be shot like Malala. That's why it's good to look back at the women who've gone before you, Katie. That small handful of women who made a big difference for the likes of you and me today. You see, it wasn't always like this, Katie. Let me get my little box, the one where I keep my memories of all things past. Things from over a hundred years ago, when I was just as you are. Curious about the world around me. Extra! Extra! Read all about it! Young fella, give, give me a paper there, quick. A group of Irish suffragists were arrested yesterday in London. They travelled to London and smashed the windows of the office of the Chief Secretary for Ireland, Augustine Burrell. They were seen hurling potatoes at his windows. They then followed up with a similar attack on Number 10 Downing Street before being arrested. You're quiet this morning, Da. Don't you like the porridge I made for you? Uh, <laughs> the porridge is grand, Peggy. It's not too far off the porridge your mother used to make, and that's saying something. She was a great woman for the cooking. And she passed it on to you somehow, Peggy. Sometimes. I wish she'd been around a bit longer. Then I know more about... Well, about everything. All the women's stuff that the other girls learn from their mas. Uh, sure. Didn't the Lord have different plans for her, Peggy? And hadn't you the bright girl? That's another thing you got from your mother. You stick with the learning up at that school, Peggy, and Mrs. Toohey next door will teach all there is to know about chickens. Chickens? That's Mr. Donnelly. He must have a letter for you, Dad. That can't be Donnelly. He doesn't knock. He just jumps off his bike and walks into every house in the villages if he owned them all. Who could it be now? I'll get it, Da. Good morning, Peggy. My, each time I see you, I scarcely can believe how grown up you are getting. Morning, Miss Rogers. Me and Da was thinking you were the postman. Will you come in? I won't stop, Peggy. You see, I'm leaving for London, and I wanted to ask your father if I could leave a little bit of furniture behind for you. I won't be needing it. There's not much room for furniture, no, Miss Rogers, in this house. Ah, Mr Doherty. Good morning. You must be wondering why this visit's so early. You see, I'm moving to London. London? You'll find things different there, Miss Rogers. Some say better, but it wouldn't be for me. I intend to give it a try. There are things I want to do, changes that I would like to see happen. Besides, your Peggy has always been dear to my heart, even more so since she lost her beloved mother. I needn't tell you how good a worker your late wife was. <laughs> she certainly brightened up my childhood days with her songs of Ireland as she did all those chores that helped my own mother so. She certainly liked a good song. Tis a pity someone else's children got to hear them more than old Peggy. I will certainly cherish the memories of her wherever I go, Mr. Doherty. 
<laughs> she used to say to me, they'll be chopping down more trees just to keep you in paper with all that writing you do, Missy. <laughs> it may seem like a daft thing to do, but that is why now, before I go, I would like to give my writing desk to young Peggy. Oh, Dad, I could write to Aunt Sissy or your friend Dennis in America. They often write to us, but we never write back. Writing is a luxury for some folk, Peggy. Go up in the gates for Miss Rogers and help her with her bicycle. That's another thing. My bicycle. I shall leave that too for Peggy. For me? Yes. If you don't mind, Mr Doherty, I will get Mick from the village to bring them round before long. The desk is not so big. I'll look after them well. You know I will, Da. That I do, Peggy. But don't be getting any notions. Tis sewing or knitting will earn you a living. Not some fancy writing about things that will never come about. Bye, Peggy. I'll leave some paper inside the writing desk for you. You might want to write a diary or who knows? Maybe one day you'll write for the newspaper. Women are beginning to write about things that have not been spoken of much before. Like what, Miss Rogers? <laughs> you'll see soon enough. I'll write to you from London, Peggy. Let me tell you what I think about bicycling. I think it has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel. The picture of free, liberated womanhood. Susan B. Anthony, American women's rights activist. There are first the women who want the vote at any price. There are second the women who don't want the vote at any price. And third, the women who want the vote but are prepared to pay only a certain price for it. Good morning, Mrs. Timmy. What are you doing to the hen house? Patching it up as best I can, Peggy, so that Mother Arua won't get any feast here when he comes poking around at night. Here, will you hold that in place for me and I'll do the hammering. You should wait till me dad gets time. He's good with the hammer and nails. I've no doubt that he is, Peggy. Your dad's no waster. The truth of it is, I'm used to fixing things myself. Sure, if we had to rely on men to fix everything, our poor old country would be in a bad way. Far worse than it is already. But don't you miss Mr. Toomey sometimes? It's not easy doing everything all by yourself. That's ten years and more now since he passed. Ah, you're too young to remember much of him. But I won't lie to you, Peggy. I get more help from these gormless chickens than I ever did from me late husband. When his father and only surviving brother went off to America, they left me this bit of a house and some chickens. Oh, they knew the measure of him, Peggy, and were good enough to leave me with some way of a living. Surely he was good for something, Mrs. Timmy. There's no surely about it, Peggy. And when the time comes, don't you go rushing into any marriage. Me own mother used to say, you don't know anyone until you share the salt and pepper across the table with them. I get out of me way the lot of you. Isn't that Frankie down the lane there waiting for you? You'd better run, Peggy. You don't want that old schoolmaster of yours giving you a leathering. Bye, Mrs. Toomey. What you need is a good schoolmistress. How could that fella teach a girl anything? <laughs> <laughs>
You've more sense between your feathers than that schoolmaster has between his ears. We must do nothing to endanger the sacred cause of home rule. Therefore, we must be doormats and feather cushions, and so make everything pleasant and easy to enable the men of Ireland to win their freedom. But Ireland, with her womanhood enslaved, will not be free. Come on, Peggy. You're always blabbering to old Mrs. Toomey. Twould be nice of a few more women to be blabbering to, Frankie Donovan, instead of you all the time. All she talks about is them chickens. She knows nothing about anything. She don't rely on you, Frankie Donovan, the local gazette, with all the news and gossip before anyone else has even got out of bed in the morning. People still don't know where he gets all his stories from. Some say he gets it from the birds when they sing their dawn chorus. Others say his connections with the fairies. Well, you're full of smart talk this morning. Maybe I'll keep it to myself. All the news about those women in Dublin. What women are you talking about now? Well, it's... Morning, Father Grady. Morning, Father. No loitering now, children. Off with ye to school to do some learning and think yourselves lucky. And I'll see ye both at Mass on Sunday. Yes, Father. Is it them like Mary Murphy's aunt? Mary says she's ten children and they all live in the one room. And that's nice. They all sleep piled on top of each other, like a heap of turf, just to keep each other warm. No, tis different women I'm talking about, Peggy. Oh, the ones that dress up all posh in them big hoops. Don't be asking me about no posh clothes now, Peggy Doherty. Well, who are you talking about, Frankie Donovan? Twas on the paper. They were posh enough, it said. Educated, it said. Still, you'll never guess what they did. Go on. Tell me, would ya? They only went and drew a hatchet at that British fella. What British fella? The Prime Minister. Visiting Dublin, he was. What happened then? Did he fall stone dead? Nah, they didn't get him good enough, Peggy. But they did manage to hit that fella next to him. What do you think we might throw at our schoolmaster then, Peggy? Twill have to be something good and hard to get through Madden's head. We wouldn't want to miss his head. He'd kill us, Frankie. Come on. I'll race ya. Extra! Extra! Read all about it! Crowds turned out to greet Premier Asquith during his visit to Dublin yesterday. Mr Asquith was here to speak on home rule at the Theatre Royal when unfortunate disturbances occurred. The Irish Women's Franchise League IWFL, an organisation for women's suffrage, turned out to demonstrate, shouting slogans and throwing confetti at the visiting Prime Minister. Suffragists from the UK, named as Mary Lee and Gladys Evans, threw a hatchet at Asquith as he travelled in his carriage. He escaped injury. But John Redmond, the Irish parliamentary leader, who travelled alongside Asquith, was wounded slightly in the attack. Several women were arrested at the scene. Peggy, you're a great girl. I could smell that dinner the minute I set foot in the yard. Hello, Da. Mrs Toomey killed a chicken this morning. Said she's been fattening it up for ages. She's a great neighbour, Mrs Toomey. 
She said it's a small thank you for all those blocks of wood you gave her. She's been out with the hatchet at them half the day. <laughs> She's a novel woman, Mrs Toomey. Didn't I tell her I'd do that for her when I had a few hours to spare? Sure you know, Mrs Toomey, Da. She likes doing things herself. I know. No one likes doing things by themselves, Peggy. They just get used to it. I often said to her she should get married again, but <laughs> there's no talking to her about that. Did you ever think of finding another wife, Da? After Ma died? <laughs> that is different for a man, Peggy. It's not right for a woman to be on her own. But you'll have they got you to look after me in my old age. What a woman may be, and yet not have the vote. A mayor, a nurse, a mother, a doctor, a teacher, a factory hand. What a man may have been, and yet not lose the vote. A convict, a lunatic, a proprietor of white slaves, unfit for service, a drunkard. Rise from your knees, O oh daughters, rise. A mother still is young and fair. Let the world look into your eyes and see her beauty. Shining there, grants of thy beauty, but one ray, heroes shall leap from, from every, every hill. hill. Today shall be as yesterday. You were listening to episode one of our three-part radio drama, A Handful of Women. A Handful of Women was written and produced by Anne Dalton, directed by Judy Chalmers, edited by Rupert McCarthy Morrow, with John Lynch on sound for RTE Junior. The actors were Shala Aslam as Katie, Alex Conroy as Frankie, Mia Jones as Peggy, Antoinette Hilliard as Great Grand Peg, Irene Kelleher as Mae Dorney, Fanula Linehan as Mrs Toomey, Dominic Moore as Father O'Grady, Marie O'Donovan as Miss Rogers, and Pascal Scott as the Dad. Song arrangement and musical composition by Marie O'Donovan. This drama was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. The makers of this docudrama would like to thank Cork City Archives, Cork City Libraries and the many historians and authors, too numerous to mention, who kindly shared their knowledge. And finally, to the stories written of and by the Irish women who fought for equality and who lent inspiration to the characters of this drama.